Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row, sponsored by our good friends at Byers Automotive. If you're looking for a used car, new car, fancy car in Columbus, there's nowhere better than Byers Auto. You should check them out online at byersauto.com. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. On the other line with me is my good friend and cohort, Spencer Holbrook, back from his little uh, vacay. Spencer got out of town for a bit and checked out the great uh, northeast of the United States. Spencer, how was your how was your trip? Oh, it was awesome. It was great. I, I got drank some good beer, got some good road beers if you were following along on Twitter. Um, I got to uh, see some of my best friends from college, and I got to uh, see some of the country I never saw before. So it was great. Good to be, good to be back, though. Yeah, well, now you're getting ready to head over to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, where you'll be heading this week with Austin. But before you go, we're going to talk a little stuff. Uh, and we're just going to dive in because I think this is something that people, I, I don't know, like, Fans, listeners, readers, if you're sick of running back conversation, like you might be following the wrong podcast at this point because we're going to keep talking about running backs because it seems like every single day something shifts or there's some sort of prediction or some sort of uh, story written about a kid um, anywhere around the country that changes the narrative about what Ohio State's doing at running back. So, you know, we can just start there, Spencer, that the, the goal is two running backs in 2021 because they only went with one in 2020. Um, we've talked for, for a long time about Donovan Edwards from West Bloomfield, Michigan, as not just one of the top targets for Ohio State, but likely the top target for the Buckeyes because of a number of reasons, proximity to home, the length of time they've been recruiting him, his style of play. Um, on Monday afternoon, two of the more respected guys in the recruiting analyst game, Steve Wiltfong and Alan True, both of 247sports.com, uh, changed their crystal ball prediction for Edwards from Michigan to Ohio State. Um, I have always been a little more bullish on, on the Buckeyes' chances with Edwards because I, I really think that the relationship between him and Tony Alford is something that uh, has been built over the course of two and a half years now. Uh, because of what Mike Weber did coming out of Michigan, because of the success with J.K. Dobbins, because of Ezekiel Elliott, all these other things that are in the Buckeyes' favor with running backs. Um, but, I, you know, the, the thing with Edwards is that you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because there's so much expectation that he's just going to go to Michigan because he's from West Bloomfield. His high school coach, as we've talked about before, Ronald Bellamy, played at Michigan. There's this pull from him to go to Michigan, and I think that at times – we hear less about Ohio State with Donovan Edwards, and I think it's on purpose because he doesn't want people in his home state to to bug him about this. And, and yeah, go ahead. That would make sense, right? You don't want people bugging you about this decision, right? Especially if you're not sure about the decision, if you haven't made a decision. Like once once you get to a point where you're resolute and you say to yourself, "I know exactly what I'm doing," even if he's leaving the state of Michigan to go to Ohio State, then you know you you say it and you stand up and you and you scream it from the mountaintop and then you deal with the repercussions. Right. But in this, yeah. in this moment where he's back and forth, probably every day between Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, Texas, Texas, A&M, Alabama, LSU, all these other schools that are recruiting him like today, again, uh, Monday, that, that crystal ball change happens from Wilt Fong and true who are two guys. As I said, I respect greatly. I know they're very dialed in and very good at their jobs. That happens. And every Michigan website on the internet that covers Michigan football 
has to write a story. Oh, Donovan Edwards, here's what's happening up to the minute. And then they're reaching out to him and bothering him and bothering his family and bothering his coach. And and it becomes this like cycle of just madness for these kids who, because somebody put in a prediction that now they're being held to the coals essentially and saying, why is this happening? How do you feel? Is this what's really going on? And I, I can't imagine how frustrating that is for these kids and their families. Yeah, I mean, this could very well just be two guys that are plugged in, just kind of taking the temperature of what's going on in February, right? Like, I know a lot of these guys are pretty secure with their crystal balls in the sense where, like, they won't put it in for a guy. And I know, like, Steve Wolfong is good about not putting a crystal ball in for a guy unless, you know, he feels like there's some something happening there. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you just take a temperature of a recruitment and see where things are going. This doesn't mean that Ohio State's going to land this kid over Michigan just because this happened. I just think... It is interesting the timing of it. We're in the recruiting dead period. Uh, you got coaches just just allowed to you know what is it call these kids and not allowed right. to go visit them. Right, exactly. So there there could be a sense of like you know Ohio State called him more last week or Ohio State was able to FaceTime with him once last week. So it's it's you know it, it's 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 nothing really too much, but I think it is a little uh, it's probably a little hectic for for not only Edwards but all all of these kids who have to go through this kind of stuff where a crystal ball comes in for them and they get bombarded by various media outlets from multiple schools too it's you know it's right not just that, that's the real challenge is it's not just every michigan writer reaching out to donovan edwards today it's every ohio state writer and every georgia writer and everyone else and so it becomes this thing where uh you know this the the crystal ball thing i think is great i mean let me be very clear i love that 247 sports created that i think it's awesome for fans i think it's great players get a kick out of it they enjoy it but at the same time, like I said, it does set off this sort of avalanche effect. And those things not only have a way of um, upsetting and irritating the kids who are then having to deal with it, but it also can can change the momentum in a recruitment. When all of a sudden, if something is happening behind the scenes, which in this case, I have no reason to believe there is. And I think that's the important bottom line here is buyer beware when it comes to, to these predictions, especially for someone who doesn't have a decision date picked, because typically... If they if they say okay I'm committing on on May 13th then you can almost assume that they have a, a choice made already but in this instance you don't have that with Donovan Edwards there is no um, thought process that he's deciding anytime soon and it just sets off this avalanche and I I, I think it's a, a a good thing obviously for the industry and the recruiting industry and the and people who follow it and people like myself who get who get paid to talk about it but I, I also think it's a really kind of a, a negative for the kids when here it is in February 23rd or whatever and all a Monday morning and all of a sudden this this happens and everything changes and then you have fans who instantly start coming up with conspiracy theories like oh well Evan Pryor had a, a prediction on rivals.com by Adam Friedman who covers East Coast recruiting uh, last night to, to go to North Carolina so maybe that's why maybe it means Travion Henderson the number one the new number one ranked running back in the country according to 247 maybe he's going to Michigan because he's got an official visit set up for Michigan it's like yeah I got I got a I got a text the other day that said Travion Henderson was going to go to Michigan it was just from a fan but it was like well we don't I think his quote was we don't need Edwards because now we're gonna gonna get Travion Henderson and that, well you know it's just the whole the, the, like you said, the crystal ball is fantastic for the sport. It's great for not only the writers, but for also for, you know, to take the temperature of where these kids are at the recruiting. But then it, sometimes it just spirals out of control. And I think you might start to see a little bit of that this week with Donovan Edwards. Yeah. And you have to understand that these crystal balls are a selling point, a sales point for 247 and their writers. It's a way to encourage and stir up conversation. 
I'm not saying that there's any sort of um, inappropriate usage of it or that it's being used. It is a good thing. Right. They are a good thing. Make no mistake. Right. It's not being used to troll anybody. And again, I I say that especially with, with Alan and Steve because they're so good at what they do. And their job is to be the best in in their industry and in, in inside of their company. So what you're saying is correct. What we're talking about here is a is a temperature today. I mean, this is yeah. what they're hearing today. There's yeah. a there's a long way to go in the recruitment of Donovan Edwards. There's a long way to go in the recruitment of Evan Pryor, Travion Henderson, Kamar Wheaton, Corey Kiner, Will Shipley, Lavoisier Carroll, all these running backs. There's a long way to go. Uh, and I don't think that you should get too, you know, caught up in what these crystal balls say today, except for maybe feeling a little confident that things are still heading in the right direction. And the Buckeyes have been in the right direction with Donovan Edwards for two years. There's no yes. reason to expect that that should slow down. So just if you're watching or listening, my advice here is just to to walk cautiously. Yeah, you're walking on – there's like some hot coals under you, right? But if, if they – Flip the crystal ball from Michigan to Ohio State, and you want to. If you're an Ohio State fan and you want to feel good about what's going on while still being cautious, they obviously heard something either good about Ohio State or in the inverse, in the opposite direction about Michigan. So if you're an Ohio State fan and you want to hang your hat on anything with this recruitment on February 24th, they obviously heard something from Ohio State's camp or from Edwards' camp or from Michigan's camp that made them like the Buckeyes a little more on this day. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you, basically, here, here's the deal. Ohio State recruits the hell out of Donovan Edwards and has for a long time, the end. Like, there is no, <laughs> yeah. ch- there is no change. Ohio State has let him know for the last year and a half that he's a priority, and he's still a priority. That does not change, and that's that's the bottom line. What happens from here is anyone's guess. There are going to be visits to other schools that come up, and all this is still going to change. The visit he took to Georgia at the beginning of February or at the end of January is going to be very important in the ultimate decision for Donovan Edwards. Uh, we've talked about running backs. We've not talked much about Travion Henderson, the running back from Virginia who we just mentioned, who also visited Georgia at the end of January, like it seems every other running back in the country did. Uh, Ohio State has not seen Travion Henderson yet on campus. He did t- – explained to me that he's coming to Ohio State for their spring game uh, over the weekend of April 10th. That's a big visit. Ohio State loves this kid. I want to be very clear. Ryan Day, Tony Alford, Al Washington are all recruiting him. And when you're talking about trying to gauge where things are at with the running back recruiting, like there's a year to go before signing day for these kids and there's a lot of moving parts. And the Buckeyes love Donovan Edwards. They love Henderson. They love Evan Pryor. At this point, they're going to say to any of these kids that are ready, if you're ready, we're ready. So they're not going to slow down on recruiting any of these other kids. You're still going to hear new names pop up from here um, until these decisions get made, like LJ Johnson Jr. from from Texas or Brandon Campbell from Texas, who we've talked about. So just understand that the, the intrigue around the running back position that we had in 2020 with Bajon Robinson and Jalen Knight, and especially when, when all that stuff happened with them in July, like, this is kickstarting early in the class of 2021, and I don't see any time soon that it's uh, that it should stop. And it's going to be even crazier when they get one into the class because then you know they can not that they do put pressure on a lot of these kids to commit, but then it's like, hey, we already got one guy in. If you want to be the second, you know, I think it, it'll make things even crazier when it happens. But it's it is kind of interesting that it's happening earlier in the process this year than it did in 2020. And I think I'm I right now on February 24th. I'm 
even more confident than I was, I think, two weeks ago when I said the ex- this exact phrase. I said, I'm f- very, very confident Ohio State will be landing one of the top ten running backs in the class in this cycle. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they land two of them. I, I, I fully expect them to land a top five ranked player at, at the position uh, and then a really good complimentary back as well. So we can put that to bed for tonight's episode of Talking Stuff, brought to you by our friends at Buyers Automotive. Uh, and I'm going to turn for the next few minutes before I let you get out of here to the wide receiver position, because again, this is just sort of what happens and these, these weekends come and go and there's not a lot to talk about because it's a recruiting dead period. And so every little thing that gets brought up on a national level uh, sort of results in this weird, almost chemical reaction from fans who start to assume or create scenarios um, to try to explain them. And, uh, last week, Emeka uh, Obuka, who we've had on Bourbonology on Letterman Row from Steve Lacombe, Washington, uh, five-star athlete, had his position changed officially on 247 Sports uh, and their composite ranking to now being a wide receiver. He's no- the number one ranked wide receiver in the country. Uh, and this weekend in Las Vegas at the Pylon 7-on-7 National Tournament, uh, Ibuka basically destroyed everyone and everything in his path and was by far the best player on the field, according to the national recruiting media that was there. Not surprising. He's a freak. Ohio State has recruited him extremely hard for the last year plus. Um, there's, they're not going to stop doing that. They've also been recruiting Troy Stellato extremely hard. A couple days ago, one of the uh, Clemson websites, the Clemson recruiting websites, included Stellato in their early predictions for the class of 2021 did not include Abuka. Then this weekend Abuka, the conversation about him was at Ohio state uh, is still in his mind up there with Clemson, Washington, Stanford, Alabama, blah, blah, blah. But there's this belief that Ohio state is the favorite for him at the, at the moment. And somehow this increasing pervasiveness that uh, the Buckeyes are not in front for Troy Stilato. And some people, it seems, believe that the two are connected. And I, I, I don't know where that sort of logic comes from, but I just want to put it to bed that Ohio State uh, does n- is not recruiting Abuka any harder than they're recruiting Stilato or vice versa. They want them both in this class of 2021. They would be thrilled with either or, but they want them both. And there is no slowdown here. Their Buckeyes are not turning up the heat on Ibuka right now or or backing off of Stellato because they think they can get Ibuka or vice versa. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting that, you know, it, it kind of sh- starts to lay out what Ohio State expects numbers-wise at each position because now you can kind of pencil in four receivers instead of three because we weren't sure for a little while what the number was going to be. But they're going after Stellato really hard. They're going after Ibuka really hard, and they're okay with getting both of them. They're actually – wanting to get both of them which tells me that they want four wide receivers in this class well i, I want to be clear can... I, yeah I, that's the that's the key point which you're just about to say they want four if they can get those two guys yes yeah that, that's what yeah i was about to touch on that and if they can get a and still convince the lotter to come they i think it'll be an, even maybe fans will think i'm crazy for this i think it'll be in a more of an impressive class than 2020s was well, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that's, I, that's just ridiculous. I think there's a there's obviously a different perspective to go out and, and bring in a group that good in 2021 after signing the group in 2020. I think that that does suggest that the the job done by the staff at Ohio State would be even better 
than in 2020 because of the ridiculousness of potentially grabbing those classes back to back. Um, I just think it's crazy. Like every every receiver right now. I mean, Bo Collins was down to Ohio State, Clemson. Marvin Harrison was Ohio State, Clemson. Um, <laughs> Troy Stilato is Ohio State, Clemson. Emeka Abuka is Ohio State, Clemson. Like this debate for these kids is going to be something that's just going to be crazy to watch because you have Hart, Brian Hartline, who obviously played in the NFL, played at Ohio State, um, is now a proven commodity as a wide receivers coach and as a recruiter against Tyler Grisham at, at Clemson, who's a brand new wide receivers coach after Jeff Scott left. And obviously what Clemson does works and everyone knows that they're, they're producing NFL wide receivers um, as well as anybody in the country. I just think it's very interesting to watch how, how these play out. Like, does Troy Stilato want to be in a place that's more of a, a rural environment or, or, or a city environment? He's from Fort Lauderdale. I mean, you don't know if this is a kid that's going to want to go out and, and live in the, in the country in the middle of South Carolina. And I think ultimately that these decisions are going to come down to that more so than anything else. And obviously, Clemson and every other school in the country, when they're recruiting against Ohio State for wide receivers right now, is going to point to the depth chart and the the incoming talent at Ohio State, and they should. Like, that's that's smart, right? Yeah, it, it is smart, and and it's going to be hard. You know, that's an uphill battle for Ohio State, and and I don't know if it's intended to be an uphill battle because, you know, the, the guys that are in there now, all four of those guys who came in 2020 talked about how it's going to be a great, great competition between the four of them while still maintaining that – that bond and that brotherhood. And I think it could be the same way in 2021, but if you can land the four guys that they're looking to land, that makes that ramps up the competition even more because then you're talking about the six man rotation, possibly expanding for Brian. You know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, absolutely. And it's just to, to add what they have, um, you know, on top of Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave, and then you add those other guys in there. And then by the way, the 2021 class is going to be even better than that. It is kind of a recruiting negative for Ohio State, and it's an uphill battle. They're going to have to, to it's a storm they're going to have to weather. It's about it's a battle they're going to have to climb because Clemson can walk in and say, you know, we developed T. Higgins and Justin Ross, but by the way, they're already out the door, and these guys coming in, you know, you can be with them. You don't have to compete against those four in the 2020 class that Ohio State brought in. And make no mistake, Clemson had an impressive 2020 haul as well. It's, it just isn't as public as Ohio State, and so it'll be easier for them to negative recruit, negatively recruit that Ohio State depth chart than it will be for Ohio State to do that with Clemson. Right. I mean, you you can obviously look at the Buckeyes depth chart and realize that Chris Olave is probably gone after this year, and that Garrett Wilson should be gone after next season. You know, two seasons from now, and there, there's all these ways that it can work out. But the fact of the matter is, if you're recruiting against Ohio State right now and you're not pointing to Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba and G. Scott and Mookie Cooper, then you're not doing your job, right? I mean, that that's that's obvious. But still, I mean, we'll find out really, I guess, what matters in this recruiting world for these kids because we've talked so many times about car and comfort in relationships and um, that – piece of the puzzle right now I think for both those guys still is in Ohio State's favor especially because of the new wide receivers coach at Clemson but the next few months tell the tale and and both of those guys are players that have said publicly that they'll commit whenever they're ready there's no timeline I don't think either one of them are guys that really want to play the, the recruiting game so to speak but 
they're also not forcing themselves to rush into a decision, and they shouldn't because both Clemson and Ohio State have two top-ranked wide receivers already committed in the class of 2021. And I, I think it's very likely that you'll see these two split the difference and one go to one and one go to the other. How that plays out, I don't know. But I I think you could very easily see Ohio State land them both um, based on where things are currently. But it's, it's sort of how, like when – Marvin Harrison committed. Bo Collins was saying, you know, this doesn't affect me that much, but it does a little. But even if it affects you a little bit, it it changes your recruitment. And that's what happened with Bo Collins. And, um, you know, he made the right decision for him when you look at the the way it stacks up, considering Jaden Ballard and Marvin Harrison are basically the same type of receiver as he is. Um, So I think it's just interesting to to see this budding rivalry that between Ohio State and Clemson that is – obviously played out on the field a few times, but now continuing to be more and more um, aggressive and obvious in the recruiting trail. And it's just fun to watch because uh, I think th- these guys want to win. I think, I think in this case of the wide receivers in 2021, we need to add a letter to car. I think it should be card comfort and relationships and then comma development. Because I think if these guys or to choose Ohio State, it's because of the development, not because of the ability to get on the field instantly or have a thousand yards receiving. I think I think that's one of the biggest things here is is Ohio State's selling point is going to be development and Brian Hartline. Clemson's biggest selling point is is likely to be depth chart and production. And I think I think that's just there are just two different ways of thinking of getting to the same path, and that that is the NFL. And I think they take different paths along with being you know, so different in the sense sure. where Clemson's in the country and Ohio State's in the city. I just think the the way their recruiting pitches are so different, but they both go after the same players. It's just super interesting to watch. Well, they're both competing for national championships. They both have proven that these receivers can can and get numbers and get to the NFL in their systems. I, I think the development piece that you just brought up is very interesting because Brian Hartline clearly has an edge there over Tyler Grisham at this point. But 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 we how, also how does need that to play think- out. It also it's also worth noting that Clemson's developed some pretty damn good receivers too. Right, I think absolutely. If you look at the NFL leaderboard of wide receivers, it's Ohio State and Clemson, just as it is in college football. Right, but the difference here is that right now we don't know that Tyler Grisham can do that um, because that because he's never been the position coach there before, and I, I think that obviously Ohio State will counter the argument of well, look at your depth chart. And with the argument of, hey, well, this is the guy producing them. You don't know what this other guy can do. Um, I, I assume Dabo Sweeney has a pretty good idea what Tyler Grisham can do, and they're going to sell that based on the fact that Clemson knows what they're doing and they're producing um, not just NFL talent but winning national championships. And, um, you know, it's just going to be this interesting back-and-forth battle. And like I said, to me, the likely scenario is that it breaks down Ohio State and Clemson split Abuka and Stilato whenever their decisions are made. But to suggest one way or the other that it's a done deal or that either one is um, leaning towards one or the other, I just don't think that's accurate. And I think that a lot of it plays out as to who commits first and then the rest kind of uh, spins out from there. So anyway, hey, I know you, I know you're trying to get out of here and, and let the people go, but I do want to touch on just one quick bonus subject real quick. Ooh, I, know I like I bonus subjects. Um, Scott Cochran leaving Alabama. And going to Georgia tonight, that is huge on the recruiting trail. And and I think it is as far as development goes. 
Um, what what do, I just want to ask, what do you think of that and, and the way that that's, that's kind of played out tonight? I mean, it's it's a, certainly an interesting ploy by, by Georgia, but to take a guy who's never been a position coach, or at least not in the last 14 years, um, just in, in an in order to take him away from Nick Saban is obviously smart. Cochran has been Cochran's been a yeah, huge piece of Alabama for, for since Nick Saban got there. He's been there with him the whole time. So that, that's obviously uh, it's like Ohio State losing Mick Marotti. Yeah, I think it affects Alabama a lot more than it does Georgia. And you know, we think of Alabama as the the third head of that three headed monster: Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. And just the things that are playing out in Alabama right now, we're talking a lot more about Ohio State versus Clemson than Ohio State against Alabama like it was for the for you know that seven or eight year period with Urban Meyer well I think Ohio State and, and Clemson recruit similar kids uh, more than Ohio State and Alabama do just because of the the type of kids they're looking for in in different positions in the program but certainly for Alabama like I said that that's akin to Ohio State losing Mick Marotti to Michigan uh, that would be pretty devastating for a number of reasons. Now, it will be interesting just again because he's leaving for an on-field position. Um it's it's sort of a calculated risk I guess for for Kirby Smart to understand that hey, I don't maybe this position he's going to play as the special teams coach isn't going to be that big of a deal and now he's just nothing more than a glorified recruiter, but he's also been a very key piece of what Alabama's used to help recruit in the last 12 years. So, uh as it, the SEC yeah. is a different animal, man. They they just do different things down there, and um, it's pretty crazy to me because Kirby Smart is a Nick Saban protege, uh, and I can't imagine Ryan Day like stealing one of Urban Meyer's coaches if he would have gone somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just yeah that 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 just wouldn't happen. I don't I don't think. But I, I guess I didn't think of their you know, one of the key pieces to Saban's machine leaving for Georgia. I, you know, well, I mean, it, well, it's it's a huge thing. I mean, that that's Georgia is trying so hard to turn the tide in the SEC, and the strength and conditioning program at Alabama has been the absolute envy of everyone in the country for the last decade. Um, and Georgia clearly has been lacking in some areas, despite the fact that they've recru- out recruited Alabama, Clemson, and everyone else in the last two years. The development piece they've been missing, and so. Uh, to me, the weird thing is that you don't take a guy – if you're getting a guy like that from Alabama, why are you not putting him in the same position uh, where he's been so successful um, in, in helping develop and create what these monsters that Alabama has been putting out into the NFL for the last decade plus? But, I, again, I, it's a calculated risk, but the, the real value here for the Bulldogs is to just take him away from Alabama. Yeah, I know, and I know that that's not you know really related to Ohio State, but I know we like to talk some recruiting. Oh, subjects it's all here. related, buddy. It's all related. <laughs> anyway, Spencer, let's get out of here. You get on your uh, trip to Indiana. I'm going to finish talking stuff here um, for tonight's episode. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. This has been Talking Stuff, brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. Make sure you check them out at buyersauto.com. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you folks again next time.